Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today we're talking about the 1998 film, The Mask of Zorro. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thought so far. Perfect. (laughs) Fantastic. So, I, was, I was so excited, and now I'm scared. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into Zorro, there's a couple things uh, I found. There wasn't a lot in news, but, but uh, Fast and Furious came out yesterday. I'm going to see it in like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, a new Halloween Kills trailer came out today. Um. Mm. I don't know. Did you see the new Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis and like the reboot and everything? I did. I did. Did you like it? <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> I, I should have led with that. Uh, yeah. Saw it. Um, I did like it. I like how it ignores like all the movies made after the original Halloween and just kind of picks continuity up there. That's that's what I love. Yeah, that's kind of like what I like about that because these movies are so i mean how many times are you gonna kill michael and jason you know and freddie <laughs> at least 12 more yeah so there's a trailer out for the the next one this should have come out actually this past year but because of, because of covid everything it got pushed to 2022 mm-hmm. um so if you like trailers check it out i don't think I think horror movie trailers are a little different than like action movie and like other trailers. So oh, for sure. Um, but speaking of trailers, there was a new suicide squad trailer <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like if they keep putting out trailers for that movie. We're going to see the whole movie in trailers. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking too, but I cannot wait for that to come out. Oh, me neither. August 6th, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be so awesome, and I am so glad that Margot Robbie made such an impression and will now forever be Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, and then the other one that I thought maybe you would like that I found was uh, Stephen King has read and approved a script for a remake of Firestarter. Ooh, Okay. We know that Stephen King hates most of his movies or Hmm. movies that were made out of his books. Fair enough. So Um, the fact that he approves that is pretty good. Some tangential Stephen King news is that um, I don't remember which production company, but someone's trying to get uh, Jake Gyllenhaal to sign on as the lead for a remake of Salem's Lot. Well, I've never seen the originals. <laughs> I've never se- I of all the things I managed to read the book first and I still haven't seen like the old 90s Rob Lowe adaptation of that but I I'm curious cuz that could be really cool. Rob Lowe. I just always picture him in Austin Powers. Like <laughs> I know that he's done so much other stuff but he's just number 2, young number 2 in Austin Powers to me. <laughs> 
Fair. How many so, lows could Rob Lowe rob if Rob Lowe could rob lows? Exactly. That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I have a pretty good get to know you, I think. Um, and it, But it may be, I don't know if you'll actually remember what I'm trying to ask. So <laughs> um, was this movie your first introduction to Zorro or were you familiar with the character before? And then I have a follow-up question. So I actually managed to watch the original Zorro movies on Turner Classic Movies, like the old black and white 30s, 40s, 20s, whenever they came out, um, when I was a wee lad. So I, I got introduced to those pretty early on. Yeah, you are a big fan of early Hollywood, from what I've noticed from you. <laughs> that, Over that is the last fair to year. say. <laughs> um, the golden age of Hollywood, as I like to call it. Absolutely. Um, do you think a new Zorro movie would do as well today? Or do you think this was a product of its time as the late 90s and early 2000s were very much about Latin influences? Oh, well, I was going to say it's a product of its time time but not for those reasons just because the late 90s seems like the at least to me it seems like the last hurrah of like practical effect adventure movies that are like you know lighthearted but not too lighthearted and have a lot of really good action in them there's a i saw this youtube video on like this uh it was almost like a phenomenon towards the end of the nineties where there were a lot of movies about people like passing the torch onto like new people, which is what happens in Zorro, you know, Anthony Hopkins kind of passes the mantle on to Antonio. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think a new one should be made today as it's been 22 years now? Well, I guess if you counted the re the, 2005 sequel it's been about 15 years <laughs> oh i never count that <laughs> it was bad um it was bad i don't think they should remake it but that's never stopped hollywood from doing anything <laughs> you know i i guess i don't trust a studio to not mess it up horribly um yeah i don't know i don't have a good reason for thinking that i just don't want to see something i love destroyed again okay i was gonna say i think it would be a good time to do another one not so much like a remake or a reboot but just you know how like they were the zoros from like the 20s and the 40s and i'm pretty sure there was one in like the 60s or 70s mm -hmm. and then there's one in the 90s and early 2000s so like in a time when they're like rebooting or like redoing everything and nobody has an original idea, <laughs> this could act, this could be like not an original idea, but taking all those licenses and making a movie with 2020 money and uh, like cameras and CGI and all that stuff that has come such a far, a long way. Sure. Sure. Well, I, when I think of 2020 CGI, for some reason, <laughs> the first thought is like rubbery Wonder Woman from the Snyder Cut. Listen, 
<laughs> Let's not talk about the horrible CGI that was done. I'm talking. I'm talking Lucasfilm. ILM CGI. Oh well, it, it, let, <laughs> let's just say I'm I'm a fan of any type of reboot as long as it's in like capable hands. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, this movie probably was my first. Like I had always heard of Zorro, and you always like, you know, kind of, you know about it, but I know I don't think I'd ever seen any of the old stuff. Um. So this was probably one of my first experiences with Zorro. And I'll do the overview real quick and then I'll go into my reaction like first time. The overview is a young thief seeking revenge for the death of his brother is trained by the once great but aged Zorro who also pursues vengeance of his own. Um, pretty good. Uh, my initial reaction, like I think I remember seeing this in 1998 or very close to that um because i specifically remember the trailer with the scene with him and Catherine zeta jones and he is cutting her nightgown like oh, yeah. i don't know why but that is seared into my head <laughs> as it is with me <laughs> <laughs> um and I think I also think the trailer tried to make it be more of a comedy than an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's that's really just what I specifically remember, and I really do think like this was my first introduction to Zorro. Very cool. I'm I'm very interested on your your take because this is the first time you've seen this, right? Or you saw? Oh, um, it's of it? been like. 20 years probably close to or like 15 ish okay so it has been a very long time <laughs> <laughs> um well let's talk about this cast though because i have some problems with this cast oh as do i um <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously antonio banderas plays zorro uh he is of spanish descent not of mexican descent but that's okay because he is still spanish and they're both Spanish-speaking countries. That's okay, my book. My book. I was going to say, why don't we just hit the white <laughs> elephant in the room if Anthony Hopkins being, for all intents and purposes, Spanish. Uh, yeah, and also Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is not Spanish either. Yeah, it, it did take me by surprise having known her from this movie and then finding out she was Welsh. Yeah. Yeah, and Anthony Hopkins is Welsh, too, but he did not try to hide it, as you said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, he didn't even try an accent. He didn't, like, he doesn't look Spanish. (laughs) Um, He's about as white as I am, because we're both Welsh and Irish, (laughs) so I don't know. I'm not, those two were my very, I had big qualms about that. I I feel like the I feel like um, having Anthony Hopkins being the great actor he is is a benefit, you know, for most movies. If you land him in your movie, odds are he's going to do what he does, which is great acting. But it's kind. It reminded me very specifically of that time that John Wayne played Genghis Khan in the 50s where you're just kind of like, ooh, mm, I don't buy that at all. 
Yeah. I mean, how are you going to have the guy that plays Thor's father, a Scandinavian Norse god, also be a Spanish swordsman? But that being said, I still think he did a good job in the movie. It's just the you kind of have to suspend your disbelief enough to be like, okay, yeah, white Zorro is training Spanish or Mexican Zorro. Okay. Sure. Do you think that this is a product of that time where we didn't allow, because I think Anthony Hopkins gets first billing on this movie. So like you couldn't, do you think it goes back to the time when like you couldn't movie, uh, production companies didn't want to put a non-white person as the lead, as the first bill, because they thought that they wouldn't pull in the money. I don't know specifically about that, but I do know that, like, um, Anthony Hopkins' reputation in post-Silence of the Lambs, like, really catapulted his career, so I feel like of all the people in that movie, he was the most famous, which would make sense to me. You know, you want his name on a movie poster because he has such a reputation. And I feel like, and before this movie, I don't think I've seen Antonio, well, aside from Desperado, I don't think I'd seen him in a movie. Yeah, he was still like up and coming in the States. Yeah. So that that would be my explanation of that, but I mean, I'm not a movie exec. What do <laughs> I know? Um all right. Cool. We uh but other than though other than that, basically the whole cast is like Spanish or Mexican um except the bad guy. Except for well, one bad guy is actually supposed to be like European. And then the other bad guy is supposed to be Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're both English, like actors anyway. Okay. Um, and then as I was watching this, I was like, man, why didn't they get like Selma Hayek or or like Penelope Cruz or somebody to <laughs> play Catherine Zeta-Jones' part? And then I was like, oh, Selma Hayek was in a movie with Antonio Banderas, and you just mentioned it, Desperado. So... Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't want it to be too close to that. Well, I, I, I actually have some trivia about that. Um, right now, as like Selma Hayek and Penelope Cruz were both considered for that role, but at the time that um, Spielberg was attached to direct, he like locked her in that role. Like he got her on the movie. Got it. Well, you said trivia, so let's move into this. Uh, this was actually nominated for two Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. That, And I can see this because they do have... Um, what this was nominated for was Best Sound and Best Effects and Sound Effects Editing. And those may seem like awards no one cares about, but they do make a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not they're not like the sexy awards, but they're like the more technical ones that really make movie. Yeah. Um and what I also thought was kind of cool, which they don't have these awards anymore because this company does not exist anymore. Uh the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards <laughs> from nineteen ninety nine 
these are the awards I want to see. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> they won for favorite female newcomer, Catherine Zeta Jones, who I'm pretty sure she did blow up after this movie. I think she did a run of like, you know, four, five, six movies like right in a row where she was near top billing. I know she did The Haunting. Uh, she did Entrapment with Sean James Bond. <laughs> um, so she did get fairly big. Um, and then it was nominated for Favorite Actor in Action Adventure Movies, which was Antonio. And then Favorite Villain, Matt Letzner, who was the... Captain Love, the Don? Oh, Captain Love? Okay. So I didn't even know his name in the movie. I thought it was something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not used to love as being a last name. <laughs> yeah. So that that threw me off. I also didn't know it for like the first three times I watched the movie. <laughs> All right. Go with your uh, the trivia that you wanted to go with. Okay. So um, I one of the things I love about this movie is the they rely on practical effects which again we always are pretty crazy at. but uh, yep. towards the end of the movie when zoro confronts captain love he forward and the sun glints off the blade running like the entire length of the blade. and it turns out that was not cgi and was suggested by antonio banderas he had to tilt the sword to catch the sunlight without breaking contact with matt uh Lechner, and it only took three takes that blew my mind when I read that. Yeah. Like, how are you going to get that perfect? Like, I really, I thought that as I was watching the movie, I thought that was CGI. I was like, I also thought, mm, that's kind of cheesy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the whole reason why I was bringing up like practical effects is because I feel like not long after this movie came out, like within the next five years, that's when we see like an explosion of even like gratuitously unneeded CGI in movies. Because that's like, the big new thing. Yeah. We all know Spawn tried to do that the year before this and <laughs> failed miserably. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, all right. So my favorite one that I found was actually like the true story behind like what not true. I guess not true is a too hard of a word. <laughs> <laughs> the tale of basically Zorro and where it may have come from. Uh, so Joaquin Moretta and Alejandro Moretta's brother and Three Finger Jack were real life bandits in Northern California at the time of the 1849 gold rush. Joaquin Moretta was a Mexican born in Sonora who moved to California to find his fortune. But after being beaten and robbed by American gold miners, he swore that he would avenge his dishonor. He was the lead in a group of bandits in the California wilderness, killing anyone who stood in their way. His life was the stuff of legend used by Mexicans as a source of patriotism and by Americans as reason enough to hang anyone who spoke Spanish. Three Finger Jack was actually a Mexican by the name of Manuel Garcia, who was Moretta's sidekick. Moretta was supposedly killed on July 18, 1853, by
by Captain Harry Love, who preserved Moretta's head in a jar of alcohol along with three-fingered Jack's hand as a proof that the bandit was dead. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool that they used that as like part of the storyline and whatnot. Um, and also it just, I don't know. I just really liked it. And I, I wish I knew more about like the Spanish Mexican war and like this Mexican revolution and all that. I found myself Googling as the movie was going on, like trying to figure out like what really happened during that time. <laughs> Well, I have several podcasts <laughs> that can break that down for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I really like how they used real history and even like that legend of uh, those brothers in the story. They tie everything together, I'd say, rather well. And it also, after I read that fact, it made a whole lot more sense why Captain Love had like his brother's severed head in a thing of wine or whatever the hell that was. Because at yeah. first I was like, oh, he's just a psychopath. Okay, fair enough. But like back then, I know that photography, especially in the West, wasn't really like that well established at that time. So if you wanted to prove that like this outlaw was dead, you had to somehow have like proof they were dead. And so that's not i wouldn't say that's common but it's not like super uncommon first of all why did he drink out of that yeah that's why i was like oh <laughs> so he's a psychopath then okay fair enough <laughs> and why did antonio drink out of that like that whole scene was so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's funny because they cut that part out of TV. So when I rented this for the first time, like several years back, I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Right. Oh, oh, good times drinking booze with a pickled <laughs> head in it. Um, so <laughs> speaking of Captain Love... Uh, Despite being the one of the main antagonists of the film that has like a personal rivalry with Banderas's character, uh, the actor actually admitted it was hard to hatred against him because Antonio Banderas is apparently such a genuinely nice guy in real life, and that's kind of the vibes I get from him in movies. Is he just seems, I don't know, it's like him and Tom Hanks and a few others. I'm like, they just seem like nice guys, you know? Yeah. Um. I just watched actually two movies with Antonio. Um, I watched Expendables 3. And he... <laughs> he's old. He looks old in that movie. and But he's, like, really fit. And he, like, does parkour and stuff. And then he's, like, just crazy with these guns. And, like, always has a smile on his face. And he seems like just a fun guy in that movie. <laughs> and then I just watched... Uh, the hitman's wife's bodyguard and he plays a villain in that movie but he's like not as good in that one I didn't think hmm. he wasn't um, I don't know it might have just been the character but it wasn't great but also Selma Hayek's in that movie too so it was kind of cool to see them together again yeah they've been in a few movies together like over the years I feel like they're might be like buddies now yeah um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. A bonus fact, if you will, um, Antonio B 
Banderas and Anthony Hopkins both played Picasso at different points. So again, I don't know why and um, Anthony Hopkins was playing <laughs> Picasso, but in 96, there's a movie called Surviving Picasso and he played the titular role. And then I think in 20s, Antonio Banderas, who is actually from the same the same town in Spain as Picasso, um, also played him. And he did a very good job. He did a really good job of making someone who is not a very likable person actually likable. Yeah. I could see him as that. Not, not Anthony Hopkins, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is when I was, when I put this movie in and I saw the production company logos come up, I was like, oh, Amblin, that's Steven Spielberg's company. So Steven Spielberg, like you said, I think he, he wanted to direct at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he moved into producer and then they wanted to have, uh, Robert Rodriguez direct who is known for Desperado. Um, he does a lot of stuff with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, he did the grindhouse thing with Tarantino. Um, but he's very gory and very R-rated. So the studio didn't really agree with his... He wanted to be more violent and more R-rated, and the studio didn't like that. Um, and But he also wanted Selma Hayek to play Elena, which uh, I would have liked more as we've said (laughs) yeah i actually think she would have crushed the role yeah um after seeing her in the hitman's wife's bodyguard like i think she would have done everything and in hitman's bodyguard like she's hilarious and just over the top and great so (laughs) absolutely absolutely also adding to the weird like production trivia of this movie like you said spielberg was going to direct and he was apparently going to direct tom cruise as zorro at one point like they were in talks to do that and then he moved on to saving private ryan and then rodriguez came on to direct and then they didn't like that idea apparently sean connery was actually supposed to play anthony hopkins role in the very early 90s when they were talking about this movie and um finally the actual director both the director martin campbell and um anthony hopkins turned down the roles in the james bond upcoming movie tomorrow never dies to make this one yeah i think they went the right direction with who they landed with finally um i definitely and I also think Spielberg made the right decision by giving up directing this one to go do Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. So it was good. But this was in production, like pre-production for a long time. I think they started talking about it in 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, this actually was supposed to release on December 19th, 1997. Uh, but was changed to March 1998. Do you know what also came out in December 
Um, I seem to remember this uh, movie came out that had a uh, Titanic um, box office return. Is that the same one I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the same one you're thinking about. Oh, um, there was speculation from the media, not so much like uh, other people, but like the media speculated whether TriStar changed the date in an attempt to avoid competition with Titanic. Um, however, in reality, the movie actually encountered production problems that extended its shooting schedule, um, which included shooting a new ending three months after they had already finished filming. Hmm. Um, and then TriStar, Sony Pictures Entertainment's uh, parent company, or Sony Pictures Entertainment, TriStar's parent company, also wanted an action movie for its first, first quarter release of 98. Um when we get into the budget and like the box office and stuff, you'll see that it didn't matter when this movie came out. <laughs> Titanic had already come out. So. That's, that's fair. I feel like yeah. no one could predict what Titanic was going to do. Like no, no one was ready for that to come out. No, no one was ready. And let's go on a little tangent here. A little side note. <laughs> um, do you think that people went to see that for Leonardo DiCaprio to see a big boat crash or because Celine Dion made the most iconic song in the world? <laughs> I don't think it has to be just one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Combination of all three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're also bonus fact about myself. Again, I don't know why, but I was obsessed with like the story of the sinking of the Titanic. Like I didn't even know the movie came out at that point. I was like way into those Discovery Channel like documentaries on like diving to go like look at the shipwreck and stuff. I was I don't know why. It's kind of like I don't know why kids are obsessed with dinosaurs, but at some point every kid is obsessed with dinosaurs, you know. Yeah. I think it's the mystery. I think we are enthralled by the mystery because nobody really knows what happened. And you still can't really know. Like even now there's still they're still coming up with new thoughts and theories like oh this is what really actually happened because they have better technology to like look at the ship and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the ship's becoming so deteriorated now that it's going to the ocean's going to swallow it whole again so yeah um but yeah i think i think it's all it's all good i still have never seen titanic so i've seen a good chunk of it because it is it is a beast of a movie like it's it's got a hefty runtime but i've I've seen part of it and i liked it way more than i thought i was going to it's man titanic runtime Oh, three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, I just remember that was one of the few movies back in the day that came with like two VHSs. Yeah, as the year when VHS and DVD started to cross over, you see like anytime I go um, like thrift shopping, I start to see more and more DV, uh, movies, VHSs that came on two uh, tapes. And I've only seen one DVD where I had to flip the DVD over. <laughs> Which one was that? 
Uh, it was Goodfellas, I think, or Casino. It's one of those. Yeah, those are. I think. Yeah. God, I think it, I don't know. Both of those movies have pretty decent run times. Uh, I yeah. remember Braveheart was another two VHS um, yep. deal, but the the only DVD I own that you have to flip, which also came out in '93, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And you can't tell me otherwise is the movie Gettysburg and it's got yep. like a four, four hour runtime, I think. Yep. Yeah. Braveheart is a three hour and two minute runtime. Mm. And then people were upset with Endgame's runtime, which was only three hours and two minutes. Yeah. I mean, as f- I maintain that if you're going to make a long movie, three hours is usually the cap of how long people are willing to sit still for a movie. Yeah. Like well, if it gets longer than three hours, you start to run into problems, but anywhere from like two forty-five to three, I think is still pretty safe. Plenty of people sat for three and a half hours for Titanic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have an intermission if you need to. Yep. Um. So, one uh one fact that i found especially entertaining was the fact that the sword the sound of the swords in the movie uh was actually dubbed in post because the props were made out of aluminum and made a very loud clanking noise whenever they were used <laughs> fix it in post exactly <laughs> um yeah it's there were some, the fight scenes were, I know that he, he trained with the guy that did, that trained Errol Flynn from like the 50s, right? Oh, I think earlier than that too. Yeah. yeah well, um, I can't remember. Errol Flynn, he was like, I think from the 30s on doing a bunch of movies. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, the guy that trained him said that he was like one of the most natural like swordsmen that he had ever worked with. And he got to train with the Spanish like fencing team. Oh yeah, the Olympic fencing team, something like that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And he looks like he knows what he's doing. He does. He does. Um Antonio, I mean Anthony Hopkins mm, the camera cut certain ways for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say though, it was surprising to me that they originally didn't want his uh, Zorro's bullwhip in the movie, but Anthony put so much time into like learning how to do cool stuff with it that he convinced the director to to use it in the film. So when you see him like putting out candles with a whip, that's actually Anthony Hopkins doing that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. and that that's a custom whip too made by somebody that anthony hopkins had worked with on like other movies and stuff oh okay so but that's that's dope like how are you gonna have a whip do that <laughs> exactly but seriously explain that to me i don't know i can't explain that i would just hurt myself with a whip yeah <laughs> yeah i just picture myself in like the christmas story where it's like you'll put your eye out and i was like i probably would Yep, absolutely. Um, speaking of Anthony Hopkins, he initially refused a part in this movie because of back pain. But 
a laser operation was able to fix that part of his back and ultimately lead to him actually doing that part. Do you think the production company was like, we'll pay for you to get back surgery? <laughs> hey, that's a that's a good that's a good question. Right. Like, how are you going to ask somebody and then like, oh, I'm just going to go get surgery, get this fixed and then I'll be in your movie. Yeah, that probably is how that happened. It's crazy. They have the money to do that, though. Oh, they really do. I'm sure the Screen Actors Guild has good insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to, especially since Antonio did. uh, He was very adamant about performing many of his own stunts. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it's got to have good insurance. Yep, exactly. Um. I have just like the box office stuff and some little things. Okay. I just have one last fact here. And it is that um, Zorro, the character of Zorro, actually inspired Batman and Alfred because Zorro had a butler named Bernardo, which that's the alias Anthony Hopkins goes under when they're infiltrating the bad guy's mansion. And uh, yeah, so that inspired Batman and Alfred. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool because it's like, do you, like um I forget who created Batman, but you can kinda you can really see that like they have even in this movie they're in like a cave when they're <laughs> training. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kinda cool. Yeah, and I think that um I think it was in the comics or the original iteration of Batman, the movie that um Bruce and his parents go to see the night that they get you know murdered in the alley is a Zorro movie that's cool that's a that brings it all full circle right there (laughs) all full circle (laughs) um so I was really surprised when I looked at the budget for this this is a 95 million dollar movie wow and it did not feel like that to me (laughs) so uh, I was really surprised when I saw that it actually only grossed 94 million in the U.S. and Canada, so it didn't even pull in its budget here. Um, we talked about opening weekend. It actually got moved from March to July 19th, 1998, um, and it pulled in 22 million, which is not bad. It's not bad at all. But like we said, Titanic came out. In December 97. This movie would go on to make $15 million or more a week for over fi- for 15 consecutive weeks. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, basically everything was skewed because of Titanic for that year. excuse me and then in july actually side note deep impact came out in may and i went to the movies to see that with a boyfriend at the time and i got emotional and that's the only movie to ever really make me cry until endgame so there's a little uh there's a little fact and then in july armageddon came out so you had two asteroid movies that summer. 
because companies do that. I, I always knew, I always remembered both of those coming out and not being able to tell either of them apart. Like, I would call both of them by the wrong name for probably five years. It also happened with um, Volcano and Dante's Peak. <laughs> yep. And uh, more recently, uh, White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Yep. Yep. Um. Also in 98, in May, uh, the 1998 version of Godzilla came out. And I don't care what anybody says. I will die on that hill. I love that movie. (laughs) I don't care that they're really dinosaurs. (laughs) But I will. uh, I'll die on that hill. I love that movie. And you know what? Everyone's allowed to. Everyone's (laughs) allowed to like what they like. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Steven Spielberg, actually mask of Zorro came out July 19th. Like I said, it was number one, $22 million. It's opening week. The next week, saving private Ryan came out. So I would say that Spielberg made a good decision, but also had two movies from his production company for like all of summer in the number one spot. Hmm. So hardly a bad thing to have. Yeah. Uh, we then had blade in August. Um, <laughs> I do love me some blade. <laughs> I, there's going to be a reboot of that. Isn't there? Yeah. With Mahershala Ali, like two time Oscar winner actor Mahershala Ali. I don't even know who that is. So <laughs> it's funny. Cause my friend said the exact same thing yesterday and I was like, Oh, and I named off like three roles and he's like, yeah, I didn't see I haven't seen either of those. All right, name uh, name him off. Name him off. Uh, he was in House of Cards, um, yep. on Netflix nope. as Remy. He was in what the Mockingjay Part Two, I think, as just some nope. like army commander guy. And then he was in Moonlight and Green Book more recently. Nope. Yeah, you're right. I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. Uh, he was in Luke Cage, too, as Cottonmouth, the villain. Um, yeah. Still no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. see, uh, just take my word for it. He's really good. All right, all right. <laughs> um, also, in 98, we had another like uh, Armageddon Deep Impact movie thing happen. It was Ants and a, bug li- a Bug's Life. Oh, yeah. Yep, that came out. Um, the first rush hour came out, uh, and then the year ended with Star Trek Insurrection, which was not great. Um, you've got mail and Patch Adams. So, uh, it was, you know, it was a pretty solid year. 98 was pretty solid. I think the nineties definitely have some good movies. Oh, there. yeah. Absolutely. So I think a large number of movies that we do episodes on have actually come from the 90s so far. Yeah, I was actually looking at that earlier, and I think I'm going to do a spreadsheet of what years our movies are in. (laughs) Nice. So we can uh, keep track of that. Um, This did end up grossing $250 million worldwide, which isn't so bad. But it just... 
it wouldn't have made enough for me to make a sequel, and maybe that's why the sequel took seven years. But yeah, I wasn't a fan. Oh yeah, well the sequel is bad. It's also yeah. bad. Yeah. Um. So with that being said, we have reached the part of the podcast where we give our final thoughts, and you find out whether we give this movie two thumbs up, two thumbs down, or anything in between. And would you like me to go first? I would love you to go first. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so after I finished this, I thought if I had to sum this up in one sentence, here's what I would say. If Cutthroat Island and the Lone Ranger had a baby and it was 30 minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we talked about run times of movies and this is a two hour and 13 minute movie and it has no reason to be uh this is not no not every movie needs to be over two hours um especially action comedy movies uh cut it down get to the explosions, get to the sexy scenes, get to the comedy, and get out. Um, I had a fun time with it, but I actually, part of me actually likes Cutthroat Island more than this. Um, I don't know if it was that it, that Cutthroat Island was so outrageous it just hit me more, or if I got bored in this movie waiting for things to happen. I felt a lot of this movie was waiting for things. And usually I enjoy origin stories and finding out how the character gets to where they're going to be. But this, it just didn't do it for me in this one. Um, A lot of reviews I read were very positive. um, And I guess I'm really just missing some of that. I needed more than this story gave me. It wasn't funny enough. And I wasn't, it wasn't actiony enough, and it dragged. I love all the actors, uh, and there's a reason it was nominated for Oscars for sound, but none of that really saves it for me. So I have to give it one thumb down, but I want to like it more than I do. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, like I said, you're you're allowed to like what you like, even if you are wrong. <laughs> it's blade runner all over again (laughs) oh (laughs) now i'll start tying all my facts back to the mask of zorro as well (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's fair i will admit that um even though it's it's um no secret that i do love this movie um i i do know that the runtime if you cut like 10 at least 10 to 15 minutes out of the movie just somewhere just take that out of somewhere not every scene has to be in the movie and i feel like the like climax and at the end kind of goes on for maybe a little bit longer than it could um i think it would benefit from being slightly short uh that being said i think this is a very fun movie um i like the action the physical stunts in it and um 
you know, I'm also very into history and I have a little background on like the events that are taking place in unfolding in the backdrop of the movie. And I, this ticks so many boxes for me that I, I just want to go back to like, if I had to describe this movie in one word, it would just be fun. Like this is a very fun movie to watch and it gives me similar fun vibes as like the mummy does. It's another oh, movie. I no, would... those are bold words, sir. Yeah, it is bold <laughs> words. I know. I, I just I really like Antonio Banderas. Um, I think he embodies the role really well. And for an origin movie, you really see the progression of like the change in his character and like skill as the movie unfolds, which I, I thought was done pretty well. Um, yeah, I would easily give this two thumbs up because I never get tired of this movie. But I also could see how, um, again, it's like not every movie is for everyone. And even though I think this movie is more accessible to a wider audience than, say, like Blade Runner, I do think that if this kind of thing isn't specifically your cup of tea or you might be looking for something that's more of a straight-up action movie, um you might not appreciate this one as much, but I appreciate the hell out of it. I respect so, everything you said, except that you compared it to the mummy and <laughs> think it's on the same level. So <laughs> I said the feeling of listen, listen, this is a very subjective sentence. <laughs> the level of fun I get from the mummy is on par with the level of fun I get from Zorro. All right, everybody, just remember that's subjective. Yeah. And that his <laughs> views and expressions do not <laughs> do not necessarily meet the views and expressions of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, like, I feel like um there are kind of parallels with Cutthroat Island in this. You know, very swashbuckly, but I feel like if if um if, to me, it feels like at least the moments of humor that are in Zorro would be like if Cutthroat Island pivoted slightly and was less campy but still funny kind of a thing. That's what yeah. I got. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, that was interesting. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> <laughs> the, the divide in terms of thumbs is steep. That was. This has been our most divided one, I think recently usually recently we've been on our pretty you know pretty same page um i think the last one if we were doing the most recent five was number 23 you gave one thumb down and i gave two thumbs up okay so yeah gotcha. um so speaking of movies <laughs> um on our discord i forgot to mention this the last episode uh we had a request from chenti he requested sky captain in the world of tomorrow and i'm actually stoked for that because i've never seen it and it's been on my list for years like since it came out years huh. so have you it, ever seen it i've seen the trailer for it yeah it's got this weird over animation um yep. <laughs> that's kind of kinda... turned me off from the yeah trailer. not gonna lie it turned me off back in the day too but i think 
I think I can get over that now. I, f- I feel like I've got a better appreciation of movies at this point in life. So I feel like I wouldn't even touch that back then. But now I actually am interested. So like, I remember yeah. that. I remember when that came out. It'd be worth a look. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually kind of really stoked for that. So um, that being said, before we spin the wheel, um, I'm going to be on vacation for the next two weeks. Um, so <clears throat> whatever movie is picked, we will do that on the week of July 11th, barring any other craziness. Um, Regan, you might talk to Matt and do some fun stuff. Yes. Yeah, I've been talking with Matt. We have a couple ideas as far as what episodes we could do. So we'll just hammer that out in this next week. Perfect. Um, So with that said, let's spin the wheel and see what movie we're going to watch in July. All right. I mean, you can watch it now, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm still going Spice World. I was going to message you the other day, uh, Spice Up Your Life came on the radio, and I was like, you know what, I should uh, message Jess and just say Spice World came up, even if it doesn't. But I love I love Spice World. But what did come up on the wheel is Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this, is the, this is the best time. This is going to be so much fun. I yeah. just, I re- I'm remembering when I saw this movie for the first time, and when Kelly Rowland wanted to be an actress and I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> I I can tell that this movie's going to hit different now than it did when I first saw it many moons ago, but I'm excited to see in what ways it makes me feel different. Yeah, it is. I'm hoping it's as campy as the Leprechaun movies are now. Like, <laughs> I'm hoping it became that kind of campy. Well, we'll just have to wait and I, find out. I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. So, <laughs> um, That should do it for us today. <clears throat> As you can tell, my sickness is still lingering. It's a lot of talking. So go ahead and take us out, Regan. All right. I uh, shouldn't have started typing. As <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, next time we, I'll say next time we get together, cause it'll be a couple weeks. Um, we are going to check out Freddy versus Jason. Remember you can help select the next movie that goes on the wheel by emailing the podcast at you pick, we watch at gmail.com. You can also, uh, message the podcast through Facebook, Twitter, or discord at you pick, we watch. Uh, I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMel. And I'm usually in the Discord hanging out on a bunch of different ones. Having fun in there. Come chill because we talk about movies and post stuff and it's it's a lot of fun. So um, thanks for sticking with, with us over the summer. I know we haven't been as consistent but it is summertime. We all have stuff going on. And then for some reason, we both got sick. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, um, for me, this has been the month of birthdays where it's like my wife and then Father's Day and then my birthday. So my free time has been very limited. Yes. And we all know that you go camping every weekend in the woods like a lumberjack man. <laughs> so. <laughs>
<laughs> You're not wrong. With your foof dog. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> your dog looks like she hates it. <laughs> she does look like that, but I I don't know. It's she doesn't speak the language, so it's hard for me to gauge. Is she chill when you're going camping? Oh yeah, she's very, well. Yeah. Unless there's like chipmunks around, she's chill. That's good. I wish mine was mine. I can't go anywhere with. So <laughs> I think it's so cute when I see pictures of you guys camping and she's just sitting in a chair. So <laughs> she she doesn't like sitting in the dirt. She, I can <laughs> I, I know that much. She's a princess. She <laughs> she really is. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you in a couple weeks. And enjoy what Matt and Regan may come up with. Thanks, guys. <laughs>